on this week's episode of Three Dad Pod. A lot of Christian culture has traditionally taught us that life is a courtroom, but guess what? It never was, and that's just the culture. That's not the gospel. The gospel right. of Christianity teaches that life is a classroom and always has been. Sarcastic, witty, and not afraid to mix it up. Pop open a cold one and welcome to Three Dad Bots. I actually got to the heaven space. I had to, you know, just to get there though, I had to take my 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 perfect Christian teachings and I had to um, learn a lot more and add a lot more. And here's what it is. People, people kind of take my experience and they're like, that's gospel. That's this, that's that. And I'm like, nope, that was my gospel. That was what I had to learn to add to what I learned so that I could get to where I needed to go in heaven. Um, now, if I didn't have the target or the goal to go where I was going, I may have needed to learn a, a bunch of different things, but I had the goal that I wanted to go what, to what they call home, which is like the entry level of heaven. And there's, there's a lot of different levels. There's 11 levels of heaven and, and heaven itself is in a much, much higher dimension than where we exist. And, and to my perception, I, I would call it the 11th dimension. And so in, as you get to the 11th dimension, there's 11 levels. And, and if you get to the very, very, very core of existence, the very core of, of what all of this is, you're getting to the 11th level of the 11th level. And that's where God is. That's where creator is. And, that, and to hmm. me, that's one of the reasons why um, 1111 is the God number for many people is because it describes our map to get home, to get back to our creator. Yeah. Now, Vinny, I got a question here. This is one that really struck me being LDS, growing up LDS. Um, I was always taught that this life is a test. You get one shot. That's it. If you don't pass the test, you don't get the highest grade. You don't get the highest heaven. Okay. That almost sounds so, like an Eminem song. You got one shot well, to make it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, if I don't you believe look that at anymore. Christianity, Carl? too, it's, it's kind of based on the same principle. You know, if you don't make it, you're going to hell, hellfire damnation, and it kind of sucks for you. Uh, and we're each born different circumstances with different talents and um, parents and socioeconomic uh, environments. It seems damn unfair to me that someone born in Calcutta who never hears about Jesus, who never hears about modern, the modern world. And I, I think maybe their experience here in this world should be judged a little differently than my experience in this world. And is it a judgment or is it more a lab? And that's what I kind of got from your book. So here's, here's the, I'll give you a perfect uh, explanation to all this. And it's going to be a little long, but I'm going for it. Okay. Go for you it. Take, yeah. You take nine blind men, you put them in a room with an elephant, and you get them describing what an elephant is by what they, they felt with their hands. Okay. You will get nine completely different descriptions of what an elephant is. Right. And, and you know, one is going to say an elephant is this thick leg with these, a soft pad under it. Another is going to say an elephant is this 
this flexible trunk that can grab stuff and suck up water and, and blow air through it. Another one saying, no, 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 an elephant is this big flappy ear that keeps flapping around and it, and it adjusts and it helps cool the elephant off. And another one's like, what are you talking about? An elephant is this stringy tail and it smells like crap and it, it's always whipping you in the face. And all of these guys are right, but are all of them uh, exactly right? No. For you to know what the elephant is, you have to gather all the descriptions. And even then, if you gather all the descriptions, do you know what an elephant is? No. You have a good idea. But how do you get to know what an elephant is? Go find the damn elephant. That's how you get to know what an elephant is. And, and religion is all these blind men's descriptions of God. How do you get to know yeah. God? Go find God. We have a holy temple, holier than any temple in the whole world, right here. And that's why these are called temples. And God exists there stronger than you can ever find outside yourself. But we get so distracted trying to find our answers right here. We get so distracted with these. We forget that the answer is already here if we look, if we ask, if we dive in to our own intuition, to our own um, uh, universe inside of us, the you inverse that, that we have within us. Um, hmm. but, but that is to answer you. And I think that you know a lot of Christian culture has traditionally taught us that life is a courtroom but guess what? It never was. And that's just the culture. That's not the gospel. The gospel right. of Christianity teaches that life is a classroom and always has been. And it's never been a courtroom. Um, Amen. Man. You know, like and, and here's the thing. We, we take the scripture of, of God sorting the wheat and the tares. But he didn't say burning up the tares. He's just sorting them yeah. out. And, and I know that as a human parent, I have two kids. And that's just two kids. And being a human parent, there's no amount of mistakes or misbeliefs that my kids could take on that would allow me to be okay throwing one of them away. I would never do it. I, to my dying day, I will love them and do everything I can to help them. And that's the love of a human parent. And you compound yeah. that by the love that God has for us, our creator. I know for a fact our creator doesn't throw any of us away. He just sorts us out. Some of us are, are socket wrenches. Some of us are Allen wrenches. Allen, I've always um, <laughs> I, I, I've always used the analogy of of religion is like music. Some people like country. Some people like rock. Some people like classical. Some people like jazz. It's how it's what makes you feel good yourself, you know. Or yeah. maybe you feel good hearing different things at different times. But it's all music. It all yeah. has the same beats it has instruments it has a feeling that it gives you and there's not one right music you know rock and roll is not king of everything some people like country they hate rock and roll and that's okay that's yeah. fine um you you brought up you know you, you brought up the word human parent and so like this is a, a deep deep question because i like to ask them deep deep thinking questions but when you were during those three days of just like doing what you were doing up there did you have a, a feeling that there was something besides us like were there no no other oh, was was there... oh i'll go there i'll go there there are you talking about aliens 
other beings are, are there beings did, did oh you my have that feeling and oh my god that's a legit question okay here's here's what's really you know here's what's interesting brent is there's life throughout the universe their life permeates the universe at every dimension it does so not only do we have you know we're experiencing third fourth and fifth dimensional existence right now in this world Mm -hmm. and there is sixth sixth dimension seventh dimension eighth dimension ninth tenth um all the way to the 11th and the 11th dimension is is angel type figures like actual workers in heaven who help and and act as messengers to us um, and there is there is creation all along the way. The reason why so many of them focus on us, though, is because we are the experiment. We are a gathering of all the consciousness, all the DNA from from all the different dimensions, and it's put into one batch of chocolate chip humans. You know, we we are the chocolate chip cookie mix of all of the universe. And that's why there's so much interest. And that's also an explanation that we're one of the only um, one of the only animals or mammals out there that goes through so many different phases in in our our growth into human, you know, from from embryo into fertilized egg or to sperm into fertilized egg. We you know, that whole process you see us go through all these different stages that no other mammal and no other reptile, no other fish or, or, or bird ever goes through. It's only right. us. And it's almost like you're, you're doing a little snapshot of all these different uh, and you're gathering it together. That's why it's so important. What's going on here is we're the test. We're the test to see if the whole universe could get together in the same dimension and be okay. Hmm. So, so I, okay, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. I was just gonna. So, um, in in um in, in relation to uh, um other people who have uh, passed away before before we, so we're you know we still exist. Um, is there is there some uh, a connection to uh, people from your uh, life that that you make after you? Uh, make this transition absolutely yeah yeah many here's what's really neat is once you transition yourself you're essentially given um carte blanche to do whatever you want to do with your time even though time doesn't exist but your energy is the most important your existence You, you you get to do whatever you want with your existence you have helpers and guides to say okay here's what would be next if you wanted to go down this path here's what would be next if you want to go down this path but what most people opt to do is if they really love their family, they go and start working as a guide or as a protector or as an influencer, an influencer from the spiritual side, trying to influence their loved ones or protect their loved ones. So, you know, any, anywhere you go, you've got teams of spirits around you, teams. And I don't mean just like one or two. I mean minimum 10. Everywhere you go, you've got a lot of spirits around you. Everybody does once in a while you get near somebody and it's like a, it's like a spirit party over there. They've got just like a hundred souls around them. And, um, and it's kind of yeah, creepy so though. It is kind of, I mean, well, I mean, it's creepy when I first started realizing this, my brain went straight to, 
Are they around me when I'm going to the bathroom? Are they around me when I'm doing this, when I'm doing that? But here's the That's funny my thing. my first but, thought. Is, is, I was about to say, who's there when I'm taking my showers? <laughs> who's there, well, in, uh, who's there funny, with my... Is they, uh, nobody when, is, Sean. Nobody. <laughs> I when know you wish you were. <laughs> when you're in this state that you are in when you cross over, you lose your ego. You lose this sense of judging each other. And so mm. to watch, you know, they're not going to be all hugging in on you for taking a shower, but they're going to be surrounding you in protection so that you maintain your protections. And they're not oh, going to okay. be jumping right in there, but they're going to be around. Um, and also, in your moments of intimacy, it's the same thing. They're going to be around to protect. They, of course, they're they're not they're not uh, they're not crudes though. They're not trying to see something. Because to them, there's no privacy. You have, you don't even have privacy to your thoughts over there. Because if you think it, it's out loud everywhere you go. It's out loud. So there's no, uh, there's no I mean, spiritual YouTube trouble. where uh, Brent's getting it on with, uh, you know, his neighbor. <laughs> yeah, everybody. And everybody can see it. Everybody. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm not turning naked out there. I'm, I'm going butt naked. My thoughts. That's that's what I'm afraid of when Vinny said. You'll appear in your natural state. I was like, oh, no. Can I just create a shower tent around him? Knowing what what Brent is saying, can I choose to go to hell? Because that, if he's going to be naked, I don't want to, that's already hell. So I might as well, you know. Yeah, might as well go there. I I don't want to go there. Okay, so if I may, if I may go back just a little bit, get be serious again. Um, So the reason I ask that specific question is because, um, the three of the three of us uh, dad bods, we've we recently had a friend pass away, um, a yeah. friend who is very dear to us that we love, you know, very, very much. Um, we I, one of the things that we have talked about and wondered is what is his existence? Uh, you know, his what is what has been his um, experience uh, when he passed away uh, a few months ago or even further back, um, uh, Brent and I had really odd experience where one of our friends died and, and he and I at the same moment felt something like something bad happened to this friend. We had the same experience at the same time. And part of hundred miles apart, 1600 miles away from each other. Yeah. it's it's so unexplainable the only thing that i could ever think of was that uh, our friend mark for some reason decided to allow his presence to be felt uh, by brent and i and i I don't know can you can you explain uh, those kind of things i can so with that one particular with that one particular the friend not only communicated it directly to both of you but what you don't realize is before you even came to this life, you had a contract with each other, all through all of you guys. And so in that contract, you you signed the contract knowing that his exit date, you both did. And all of a sudden that date came and you had like a remembrance. That's right. That's the day. That was the moment he was supposed to cross. And it happened for both of you at the same time as he was sending loving energy to both of you that, hey, guys, notice that we have this connection, that even as I'm crossing, you're feeling me cross. So you know mm. that this connection goes way beyond words, way beyond, you know, this world even. 
but you know we we are all part of this quantum this quantum net it's a net of energy and love all of us every single one of us is a fiber of string a string fiber on this this quilt or this quilt of quantumness and in that we we interlock and we interweave in and out of each other's lives but what we don't realize is just because we had a couple of interchanges over here where we really connected to someone it doesn't mean that that's it it could be that they're a major part of our life later uh, even while we're here or a major part of our life that we didn't even see from before we were here and from after we're leaving here so they they were mm -hmm. a major player before we came here and they're going to be a major player after we all leave too so it's it's a beautiful thing there's a lot it less is. of us than you think so if you if you go and look at how many souls are actually playing this game of earth school there's a lot less of them than you would think you would think there was just zillions of souls but there's not, it's just we're allowed to play a lot. And so in that essence of being allowed to play a lot, some of us are coming down and we're simulcasting. That, you know, we're, we're in different experiences at different dimensions at the same time. And, and you know, quantum physics is just tapping into that principle right now where they are seeing that, you know, your dreams your dreams are kind of windows to the alternate realities. And um, there's, a, there's just a lot more to our story we're not allowed to know yet. But that time is coming well, where, a, where full understanding will come. You bring up a good point there. And I was just thinking of the Beach Boys, good vibrations. Um, you talk about in the book, and this Drake that uh, is your spiritual guide, he, he proceeds to go with you on this journey right mm -hmm. and one of the things you talk a lot about is increasing your vibration rate in other words raising your frequency yep why is that important and what you know what did drake really talk to you i mean kind of give us a brief outline of those 10 um suggestions in which we can work on our vibration here in this this life so you know um if you if you start playing a tone and you, you, mm -hmm. you play the exact right tone of frequency and you put it near a piece of glass that is that same frequency, it will move that piece of glass so much that it shatters it. And it doesn't shatter it because the tone is loud. It, it can be a very minute tone and it can be really muted, but it will shatter that glass because as it matches the frequency of the glass, they will start syncopating. They'll start synchronizing so much but here's the weird thing. Until that tone matches the glass, the glass does nothing. And, and it, heaven would be the glass. We are the one trying to match the tone. So for us to even enter the heaven space, we have to accelerate our frequency to so much higher than, what, than we can even get here. If I, bought, if I brought a blade of grass just from heaven and brought it to earth, down to earth school, Earth school itself would explode because of such a high amount of energy just in the single blade of grass. And, and, and in fact, there's probably more energy in a single blade of grass than our entire galaxy here. Um, it's just, it's such a different place. And so for me to get there, I had to, I had to clear out the plumbing. There was some, some misconceptions, 
some misunderstandings that I had from my own Christian upbringing. And I had to clear that out, clean those drains and get to where I was flowing properly. And then I could flower or flower into or blossom into what I needed to become to get into heaven. I had to match that loving frequency. And it is so much higher than us. Now, here's what's weird. Sometimes our worst days become our best days. Sometimes our best days become our worst days here on earth. But the difference is, is our thoughts. How we, how we tell our story in our own mind, how we think about our story, that is what changes everything. And that's our key. That's our key into heaven, is recognizing that it's our thoughts that start to choose whether we go up the frequency scale or down the frequency scale, whether we turn this horrible day into the best day of my life or whether we turn the best day of my life into this horrible day. It's all our thoughts, and our thoughts are our keys. That's our keys to get into heaven, as it starts with our thoughts. So you mentioned that you kind of help facilitate now, currently. Yes. Um, spirits to, to be able to move on and stuff. And, and so question that I have, and I think I already know the answer to this, but it seems like in these days, religion becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And so do you think that you almost had a calling? What you had was a calling to help because I imagine there's other people that do what you do. Yes. That yeah. help facilitate those spirits that maybe they need like so much because there's so many people that don't believe, you know, yeah. they, they, their whole, the way the world flows and pushes them in another direction that we need Vinny's here to help bring people to where they are going to. Yeah. Well, you know, one out of every 10 people, you know, has had either a spiritually transformative experience, a near death experience or an after death experience. So one out of, so 10% of Americans have had some type of experience like this. And, and to me, the reason why heaven keeps spitting so many of them back out is so that heaven has its own PR department that we're down here working as public relations for heaven because religions have manipulated the truth so much. They have taken what's absolute truth and decided, you know what? I don't like this absolute truth. I'm going to manipulate it through fear and leverage so that people do what I tell them to do. And so they donate right. their money to me. Right. And so that's right. what they're doing to try to, to leverage people into these situations of following blindly the wrong thing and and heaven doesn't want that heaven wants the uh, the absolute truth heaven wants unconditional truth uh, to be here and it, here's what's funny all these truths were already in me i just needed help to uncover them and remember them that was it well there's some hmm. religions we won't specifically mention who you have to pay to play oh yeah i mean you literally have to pay to play to at the at the highest level which to me i mean it seems so, so wrong if this is what you say, a classroom, a way to, yep. you know, give, give back with our maker. So, yeah, I, thanks for, thanks for it's saying the flaws that. of man, you know, <laughs> there's yeah. only one gospel. There's men that influence it and spread it all over to crap. You know, it's gone on for <laughs> eons exactly. and centuries, it's you know, a, profitability it's, and power. 
Well, what's neat, though, is when you study Buddhism, when you study Islam, when you study Judaism, you study Christianity, they all have this story of some type of God, God character that's going to come to earth and is going to help save us. But here's the, here's the part they all get wrong, is this God character is not like a superhero and is going to show up with a cape and in a chariot of fire that this God character is going to show up inside of me and you and you and you first. And as this, this God character shows up inside us, I call that God, like to me, I call it the Christ. Like the, the anointing shows up in us first. And as it shows up in us first, we start resonating to that higher love energy on earth. And then earth becomes a, a place where that energy can actually come and exist without making us explode. Now, you said something really profound in your book that really hit me on my drive. In fact, I even looked in the um, rearview mirror just to look at myself. Because <laughs> At the very end of your book, you were talking about that, that each one of us has God within us, mm -hmm. that because God created everything, and, and you are very, very... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you, you, you made no doubt when you were telling this in this, in the book that it, there's God is the author of everything, the rocks, the, yep. the leaves, the grass, everything. I mean, that was just an amazing point. And I think that's the only time where I felt vibrations where I, you know, I had a experience in my life where I'd um, gone a direction that I probably didn't need to go. And it really affected my family and those that care about me. And uh, the one thing that uh, this religious mentor told me was that God loves you. And that was, man, you could just feel it. You know, it was just like overwhelming the, the I call it the, you know, the electrical and the <laughs> call, the, the peace, the love that you felt in the room at that moment. And you sometimes want to question it and doubt it, but it's real. It is real. And I felt that again, looking in the mirror and listening to your book. I mean, I really thank you for that. That's something I was really nice hearing that. So well, it's one of those things you. that it's it's been it's inside of all of us to know that our Creator is is in all things in this universe. We can connect to the Creator in our animals, our our you know the other animals like us humans. You know the we can connect to our Creator in the stream, the mountains, the trees. Um, but what's really amazing about all of this is as you look at all these people that have had near-death experiences, there's been countless thousands of atheists that come back as believers. There's, there's, there's no instances I've ever found of anyone who has actually died or, or had the near-death experience and come back as an atheist. Now, I've had, I know one guy that had dabbled in drugs. But he didn't have a, a near-death experience. He had a, a delusion or hallucinogenic. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, I would say a 99% of us who have had a near-death experience come back knowing. And not just saying, but knowing there's a God. And this creator is far greater and bigger than we could comprehend. And, it's, and to almost call it uh, a man is to completely downgrade God. Because God is so much more than what a man or a woman or anything could, in this world could be. It's so much bigger than that. 
And that's our creator. There's no doubt there is a creator. The question is, is how well do you know the creator? And the best way to start is start looking within. That's where we get to get access. Now, you brought up something that I, I'll admit um, I've struggled with. And, um, you know, on the news Pepper? right now, we have the situation in Gaza in Israel, <laughs> St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I think... And I think it's it's on both sides where we come from different cultures, different environments, different experiences, and we learn through cultural programming to dislike or hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me a little bit about what you learned from Drake and how you realize that even though you didn't feel like you were that way, but how... Give us some examples of how, what we can apply in our life to make it so that I was essentially taught, you know, for me, I needed 10 really important principles taught to me for me to get to heaven. And it's almost like each principle represented a dimension. It really did. That's what it felt like to me. Um, One of those, one of those principles was to release all prejudice. And, uh, you know, this principle came up, you know, and the way Drake showed it to me is he said, you need to learn to love everyone and release all prejudice. And I was raised in a biracial family with, you know, I have, you know, I'm a Caucasian. I have a, a little sliver of Cherokee in me. My, I had two sisters that were adopted Korean. And, um, and I love those sisters as much, if not a little bit more than my blood brother and sister. Sorry, Tasha and Tyler, but I love, I, you know, it. you know, it's true, <laughs> but, I'll, but, you know, growing up, I just had a stronger connection with my Korean sisters than I kind of did with my blood siblings. Now that was just how I grew up. So I felt that I was probably the least prejudiced person uh, in, of all my group of friends. I felt I was the least prejudiced. I really did. And, and that's when Drake chimed in and he said, I'm so glad that you feel that way but how do you feel about prejudice people? And that's when I just went off. I hate, you know, crazy prejudice <laughs> people. They're so, you know, bleepity bleep. They're so bleepity bleep. I just going off. I really was going off about what prejudice people are and how closed-minded they are. And, and as I was doing prejudice. it, and it's funny because in my mind, I was seeing good people over here and prejudice people over here. Right. And, and Drake, showed showed like a hand coming out and picking me up and carrying me over to the prejudice and putting me down with the prejudice. And he's like, do you see what you're doing? By hating prejudice people, you are joining them. And that was, that was huge. Like what? That hmm. doesn't make sense, but it does make all the sense in the world. So I had to completely release my prejudice for prejudiced people. And so I, hmm. the hard part for me is he helped me understand with someone I knew who I knew was very prejudiced and I had been judging them for a long time as a prejudiced person. He helped me see their path and what led them to believe that they needed to be prejudiced and that all it was was a defense mechanism um, centered on insecurity, centered on victim nature. And that it didn't come from any type of place of love or security. And he, he also showed me that if I was to step into that person's life with unconditional love and unconditional security in that love, that that prejudice would disappear in them. 
and that they would embrace all lifestyles, cultures, races, religions, all of them, right? So the answer to prejudice is not more prejudice. But that's what the world and the news has been teaching us ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And what they, yeah. What yeah, they the don't Palestinian... realize, they don't, they don't realize that the news has been grabbing your tail and saying, this is the enemy. And they're having you attack your own tail. Like, no. Well, it's, it's like Brent and I, we went at it a little bit about this whole Israel Palestinian, but then when I sat back and thought about it, you realize God loves right. the Palestinian baby as much as He loves the Israeli baby. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's, so, here's, here's uh, I, I, a great, a, oh, sorry, a great, uh, a great mentor, um, at least, an, a great influencer for me is is Einstein. And Einstein took a hundred red ants and a hundred black ants. He put them in an ant colony. And they completely coincided without any problem. They were even laying eggs in each other's den, in each other's dugouts. So you were getting complete cohesion between red ant and black ant. Now, Einstein wanted to do this so that he could see if they would crossbreed, if he could get some type of hybridization going on. But that wasn't happening. Well, one day, he decided, what's going to happen if I shake the ant farm? And so he took the ant farm and he just shook it around for a minute, put it back down. And within about six hours, every single black ant was, was dead. The red ants went through and executed and killed every single black ant in the colony, including the eggs. Wow. And the, the real wow. question wow. is, the real question is, is not which one's more important, the red ant or black ant. The real question is, is who is shaking the damn ant farm? That's the question. Yeah. That's also how the uh, theme to the Pink Panther came around too with dead ant, dead ant, dead ant. Sorry, bad <laughs> joke. But anyway. Uh, I think that's an old knock-knock well, joke. So, that's an old knock-knock I, joke. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I well, got yeah. a two-part question for you. You got it. First, so being on live support for three days, Mm-hmm. What was your recovery? Like, I know you didn't just come to and then get up, walk out, high five the nurses and say, see you later. And second, well... <laughs> when, did, when did you, when did you realize what was going on in your head actually happened? Like it wasn't, a, cause I'm, I'm going to guess you may have thought it was not real. Maybe I it was a it was, dream. Yeah. Maybe you imagined it. I thought it was a dream. I'll tell you exactly. So what happened was, um, I was in heaven, literally in heaven. And while I was in heaven, getting this hug from my guide, Drake, he gave me this amazing hug, this hug that could heal the universe. This single mm-hmm. hug that he was giving me could heal the universe. And as he was giving me this hug, I, I then started to hear my brother in my ear, like as if he was speaking directly in my ear, he started to give my body a special blessing. A special prayer and with that prayer he 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 like demanded to that my body be made whole and that i return to my body as if he knew my consciousness wasn't there that it was off having fun in our real existence and he demanded it get back in the cage get back in this cage and that's not the words he used but that's what it felt like hmm. i 
<laughs> you were yeah. too happy about it. My that. brother said this, <laughs> he said this, this, this blessing over me at about 10 p.m. at night. And I woke up at 1.11 in the morning. I woke up to a crazy headache and I felt extremely claustrophobic. You know, in hindsight, I now understand why I was so claustrophobic. The energetic body of who we are, our soul, is about 40 to, 40 to 50 feet tall. It's way bigger than we are here, way bigger. And so for it to be compacted back down, that's why we're usually babies when we come here first. Is, and that's why we cry all the time, because it's a hard process to go, to go from energetic body into these little physical bodies. And, um, you know, mind you, I'm a bigger guy, but I, it still felt like I was, I was a, a blue whale being, you know, carted off into a, a, a sardine can. But I woke <laughs> up, I, I took off everything off of me. I couldn't even have the gown, the, you know, the hospital gown touching me. I just stood there and I was just panting, you know, breathe deeping or breathing deeply. And I, I reached over and unplugged all the equipment that was plugged in. I, I had IVs wow. sticking out of me. I yanked them all out. I had a breathing tube in. I yanked it out. I had um, a catheter in. I yanked it out. No. Like everything. Ooh. Yeah. I yanked Ow. everything off of me. And then I just stood there. And for, for about 90 seconds, I was just breathing deeply. And then I realized, oh, you're naked. And, and so... <laughs> I went rifling through the cupboard and I found two gowns and I like wrapped them around my midsection. And then I just felt this feeling like run. And so I ran, I like ran. I, and I knew, I knew exactly where the elevator was. How, and I, it had to be one of these higher knowings, but I knew exactly where it was. I didn't even look both directions. I just started running straight for the elevator. I made it to the elevator. I was hitting the down button and I was like hitting it again and again and again. And then I heard a scream back from my room. And then I heard a second scream. And it was these two nurses trying to figure out which body snatchers <laughs> grabbed their body, you know. And, and then um, as they both came out of the room and looked down and saw me, like hitting that elevator button, they screamed again. And I knew I was had at that point that I had to go back. I knew that in a weird way, I knew they'd get in a lot of trouble if I snuck out of there and I'd probably get arrested or whatever. So I... I, I went back and I told them I wanted to go home. I told them I was fine. They asked me all my vital data. They asked me what day it was. They asked me, you know, who was the president. They asked me all these questions um, for hours and hours. So for six hours, they asked me questions. Wow. And not just that, they did tests. They did a, a whole battery of tests. They did a, a couple of blood tests. They did uh, a whole bunch of scans of my brain and my lungs. Because the lungs were, were mm -hmm. the big concern because I had aspirated. They wanted to make sure that all the, the vomit had gotten sucked out of the lungs um, or at least gotten dislodged so it could get cleared out of the lungs. So they, you know, they did a whole battery of tests and I passed all of them. And I, I left. My, I left on my own reconnaissance. I left at 730 in the morning. My dad came and picked wow. me up. Um, the only thing they wouldn't let me do is they wouldn't let me drive my own car, but I didn't even know where my car was. You know, I had died and been gone for three days, so I didn't even know where my car was. And, uh, so my, I called my dad and he came and picked me up and, and I was fine. I went jogging about an hour and a half later, just full on, just running to me. That's what felt the best because it felt like I could somehow energetically get out of this body or feel like I was outside this body. 
And I was somewhat addicted to that energy of moving so fast, like we had moved when I was going towards heaven. I could feel just so much momentum of how fast we were moving, just eons and eons and millions and millions of miles passing as we were, we were you know, going through my journey. And at the end of all this, I did think I was delusional. I thought I was crazy. I had a, I had a neurologist that had convinced me. He, taught, he warned me. He said, Vinny, you were dead for three days. Your brain was, was starved of oxygen for at least an hour, maybe two. And I mean, he, he was like, on paper, you were dead for almost an hour on paper. And you were probably dead almost an hour before that. So he explained that my brain was going to use its imagination to fill in the gaps. And he said, be very leery. He, he explained it like a Dr. Seuss novel that I may, my brain may create this Dr. Seuss novel to fill in the gaps. And he said, just not to take it serious, to be very, very leery of whatever I remember. Thanks for listening to Three Dad Bods and make sure to catch their past episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure and leave a comment to help stroke their fragile egos. <laughs>